Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit Entertainment Talks Podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Not too bad. It's been a busy day, as some of you might have seen on Entertainment Talk. We're fully in the swing of Gaming Talk Westworld and Walking uh, Westworld Watchmen and Walking Dead. I knew I'd do that at some point, just because they're both HBO and they both start with W. But uh, Watchmen not Westworld uh, for season one now Walking Dead obviously uh, so we've got the big Wednesdays going but uh, other than that it's been a pretty decent day so uh, what you been playing uh, I've been bouncing around a couple of things um, I actually the more I see of it the more I'm super excited for the outer worlds mm-hmm. so I haven't really been getting too deep into anything I've been trying to uh, pop a couple of achievements in division two so I've been doing some like random stuff on that to get that to click through. Mm-hmm. Haven't had much success in it. Um, I didn't want to say anything, but since I'm not going to be able to do it before Outer Worlds comes out, um, I have a weird gamer score. Mine ends in seven, and if I can get uh, 50 gamer score, I can actually have my gamer score be seven 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 seven, which I normally don't have little OCD ticks, but that one kind of was interesting. <laughs> and so there was a, a 50 gamer score achievement. Uh, in uh, Division 2 to craft uh, an exotic item, but okay. apparently it's like a super convoluted thing just to get them to unlock, because you don't just upgrade your workbench to a certain p- level and then you have them. You have to like beat this level to have a, a random drop, and then once that random drops, you got to beat this level on hard, and then beat this level on hard, and then beat this level on hard, and it's, it's become a thing, so I'm just going to try to get it in uh, Outer Worlds organically, and if it doesn't click then it doesn't click it's not the biggest deal but it's one of those things that would be kind of cool yeah that'd be nice i suppose uh but outside of that you know just a little bit of this a little bit of that nothing really intense cool uh so i've been playing some of the fixed career mode and what i mean by fixed is it's actually makes sense when you're playing it to not see man city at 18th um i'm in my second season now i did sim some of the first part of the first season um because i wanted to see you know, if if you simulate the season, all the games basically get played in the background, uh, and I just wanted to see where everybody will kind of end up, see if the patch was fixed, all that sort of thing, and just to make sure as well, I also did start a, uh, a new save on the career mode because there was the there was the Champions League and Europa League glitch, which was for the future seasons, which I hadn't come across because it was I was in my first season, but I didn't want that to potentially be a problem later down the line. You know, qualify for Champions League and then not even be in it because it wouldn't show up uh so i just started a new <coughs> excuse me i just started a new save and uh in i'm into the um yeah uh, early parts of the of the second season which is interesting so uh interesting part with the first season that you do the 19 to 20 season uh is the at least the premier league fixtures are actually the real ones uh so like the chelsea game then the wolves game and then all those sorts of ones are the ones that you actually play because um, it's from the actual season, so that's why they use that, I suppose. Um, yeah, pretty pretty good, pretty fun so far. Um, I try not to play too much of it at one go, because, uh, I mean, with all the football that's on and with me playing FIFA, I don't want to get burnt out on football, basically, because there's still a lot of games to to come. Um, I, I mean, like, you know, the, the foot, we just had the international break, so uh, now that Man United are back playing, you know, Carabao Cup and Europa League, I don't want to get burnt out on football, because that would be a problem. So, I'm playing it now and again when I'm in the mood for it, which is good. Um, I started today uh, Concrete Genie, which is the game, uh, the PlayStation exclusive game, the one that's getting basically no attention at the moment. That's the game that I mentioned um, 
I think it was two weeks ago when Sony came out and said, hey, PlayStation 5 is holiday, 20, holiday 2020, uh, which was on the same day that Concrete Genie got released, and there was sort of no real promotion of Concrete Genie, and I still really haven't seen too much. I see the odd, odd sort of playable Facebook trailer or whatever from PlayStation, but haven't really seen anything, haven't really seen anybody say that they're playing Concrete Genie. I did listen to, um, I think it was probably last week's, uh, Sacred Symbols and Colin said that he was playing it but outside of that I've really not seen anybody say uh, that they've been playing it but I started it I've played about the first I want to say 45 minutes roughly um, what I wanted to do basically because it's got a VR mode as well uh, I wanted to try both of them out before I came on today's podcast uh, so I played about 45 minutes of the actual game and then I played about 25 minutes of the VR mode um, the normal mode itself very very good uh, enjoying it so far I'm still kind of what I sense is the, the, the tutorial sort of bit but uh, you basically get taught how to paint and uh, how to bring certain creatures to life they do actually stay on the wall um, I mean who knows later in the game they might come out of the wall and all that sort of thing but um, the basic premise is this this kid gets kind of bullied and um, he's uh, the, he's doing all these drawings in his book and stuff and uh, this, these bullies come around and they uh, rip all the pages out of his book and then part of the game is finding those pages and bringing basically the creatures that he's drawn when you pick up those pages your task is to bring them to life by painting them on the wall obviously with all magic paint and all that sort of stuff um, it feels kind of like the the paint itself isn't magical it's sort of like once you've drawn the thing on the wall then it springs to life kind of thing if that makes sense uh, like it's still technically magic paint for it to be able to do that but it, it's pretty good so far it's obviously got a lot of visual stuff going on for it with all the paint and the light and everything like that um the vr mode is kind of basic but quite still quite good um at least at the moment it's basically um you're just painting a bunch of stuff and you unlock different things that you can paint but more in the world instead of like on a wall basically once you get through uh, certain parts of it um, and then this there'll be this little creature that you make and he basically requests that you you draw these different things and that and it, it's, it's it's basically like that so I mean it might change later on as you go through there might be different stuff that you draw uh, or paint it does have a uh, white flashing light in the in the game at some, at some points I know I've said about that before before being a big kind of uh, problem with VR games it's very very brief and it's when this like this sort of crystal flies in the air whatever and it kind of not blows up but it sort of turns into this big light and that flashes for a few seconds it's not really a loading screen light uh, as I've discussed before because basically what if you're new here or whatever um, some VR games have bright white loading screens and it's very distracting and very well to, at least from my eyes bad, bad for your eyes because it's a, a white light in your face uh, and you're in VR, so obviously it'd be more effective. It has that for a few seconds, and it's it's not too bad, but it's still not really necessary. But that's just a small grab with it. But uh, yeah, I only played a few, uh, you know, 45 minutes or so of that, and 25 minutes of the VR thing. So my plan, um, hopefully, I'm going to be sent uh, Call of Duty on uh, well Thursday for fr- to be played on Friday. That will be taking up most of Friday, and then obviously the weekend. And there's obviously the the football the weekend, uh, the, the game away to Norwich. Uh, Man United play Partizan on Thursday, so that's going to take some of that time on Thursday uh, from Concrete Genie. So I'm going to basically play as much as I can until uh, Call of Duty comes out on Friday, which sounds weird because I haven't I haven't properly played a Call of Duty game since 
one of the earlier Modern Warfare games. So it's going to be the first time in quite a few years that I do that. But obviously, like I've said before, uh, the beta impressed impressed me quite a bit, and there's plenty of let's plays on the site for uh, me doing the the beta let's plays. So yeah, that's pretty much the plan going forward. Obviously, there's a bunch of football happening. Uh, I've got FIFA 20 and playing Concrete Genie, watching other shows, and Call of Duty comes out on Friday. So yeah, uh, so basically next week I'm going to come back. Hopefully, talk about uh, Call of Duty, and you're going to be talking about um, what's it called again? Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. Outer yes. Worlds, that's it. Yeah, not to be confused with the Outer Wilds. Um, so yeah, we'll both be basically talking about those next week, I guess. So, uh, what's your kind of excitement level? going into the game uh pretty high i mean it's from a lot of people that did the original fallout and uh did parts of wasteland i mean even i enjoyed what i could play of wasteland even though even for an xbox one game the graphics were horrible i mean they're they're barely original xbox level and this is an xbox one game uh, but the parts that I was able to get through, despite the bad graphics, you know, had a, had some good uh, content to it, mm-hmm. um, and it looks really, really good. Um, part of the trailer and part of the gameplay that I did see, when it was showing dialogue options, it had a, a dialogue option that said "stupid," and that was basically like mostly sarcastic, but said in a way to make you think the person really didn't have a clue what was going on, mm-hmm. and the fact that they did that and this is barely spoilerish and i i only say that just because you know this is in a gameplay trailer so it has been released but if you haven't watched any gameplay trailer we'll do like a one minute spoiler um so three two one time on a minute uh when you start up the game uh you basically come out of your cryopod um and the person that gets you out of the cryopod mentions that he's being wanted by a certain faction which they didn't even name and you can actually turn that person in to the faction that he's wanted for to gain more faction points with that faction that's cool so the the fact that they put that level of freedom in the game is what i'm really looking forward to because I've, i've mentioned before in games that i like freedom to a point i like being able to do whatever i want so long as the main quest doesn't get lost in the shuffle, mm-hmm. which is what always happens with me with uh, um, Skyrim. Right. I mean, I've probably restarted that game like five times, and uh, every time I get past the, you know, getting my first dragon shout, and you know, just fussing around trying to level up so that I don't get, uh, you know, stomped into orbit by a giant just randomly roaming around, I'll, I'll look around and I'm just like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing anyway? I can just completely forget the main the main quest line. Yeah, yeah. There, um, there there was times when I was playing The Witcher Three, like speaking of big open world games where you can get distracted. There was times where I was playing Witcher Three, and because they treat their side quests almost like, you know, they have their own story. It's not just like, hey, go and grab this thing, and then that's it, goodbye. At times when I was playing The Witcher Three and doing side quests, and I would finish the side quest, which would take me like two to three hours because there was a lot of meat on the bone with the side quest. And I'd be like, oh yeah, that wasn't the main quest, so I'll go back and do uh, main quest. It happens to all of us with uh, uh, big open world games, you know, Fallout, The Witcher, all, all those sorts of games, Skyrim, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to you being, I, I guess, excited to play it and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to play it eventually, it's just not at the top of, of my list. Although everything I've heard so far is, is great, I just have uh, other things I'm playing, so... 
Yeah, uh-huh. and Obsidian Studios, which did make the game, is one of the studios that is owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Um, so if you are a Game Pass or Ultimate Game Pass member, you can download and play it for free as part of the Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And that is included on PC. Um, you don't have to go through the Epic Store, uh, but you do have to update your Windows 10 computer to the point to where you can download the Windows, the Xbox beta on Windows 10, mm-hmm. and then you can install it from there. Cool. I think that's what um, David's going to do, because uh, he doesn't. Yeah, because uh, he hasn't got uh, an Xbox anymore. But because I said to him, you could basically play all, if not most, of uh, Xbox's exclusive games or or their those sorts of games. Uh, and with the, yeah, with and the it reason being on Game Pass and all that sort of stuff, it it will uh, work for him on PC. So yeah, and the reason why I brought it up is that uh, the episode two twenty four of Geek Town Radio that you were on, he did mention that. So, and that part didn't get clarified. So, I wanted to go ahead and speak to that. So, cool. That is definitive proof that you listened to Geek Town as well. <laughs> so, absolutely cool. Uh, yeah. By the way, this week's Geek Town Radio, uh, which is a TV and film news podcast hosted by David, he's the owner of Geek Town. For those of you that don't know, because this might be your first entertainment talk podcast, it just might be. So. Uh, he runs that. He rotates the guests every every week, and there's about four or five guests. Uh, and I was this, this week's guest, so t- check that out on uh, Geek Town Radio and GeekTown.co.uk. Go and have a listen to that. Um, cool. That's all the gaming stuff. Uh, like we said, we're going to be playing some other games, and we'll talk about those next week once we've actually played them. So uh, we'll take a quick break, let we let you know what else we've been up to, and then we'll come back and talk about some news, some very interesting and expensive news this week. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, like I said, with The Watchmen, uh, watching The Watchmen, the podcast, is uh, continuing for Season 1, Episode 1, the pilot was this week, uh, and me and David, uh, yeah, me and David covered that, so you can go listen to that if you're watching uh, Watchmen, either on HBO or Sky Atlantic, depending on where you live, of course, so go and listen to that. Uh, Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode 3, obviously that's a lot longer in its uh, series run, so go and check that episode out if you're still watching The Walking Dead. Uh, I mean, even if you're not, you can still check it out, I suppose, so... There's that. Uh, and obviously we'll be continuing with those going forward. Uh, Flash podcast for Season 6, Episode 1. Of course, we'll be back in a few weeks to talk about Episode 5, because that's how we run those podcasts for the uh, Arrowverse shows. 
two segments this week from the Entertainment Talk TV episode 27 podcast. Again, if you want to listen to all of the segments in one podcast, you can simply listen to that episode, Entertainment Talk TV episode 27. Two segments released this week because one of them was really, really short and I didn't want to put it out on its own. Uh, those two segments are for Carnival Row, which was on which is on Amazon Prime or Amazon Video, whatever people are calling it these days. Uh, spoiler free, all of them, so you can go listen to those. And the other one is for The Island, which is on Netflix. So you can go and listen to those if you, I mean, even, even if you haven't seen those shows, that's why it's spoiler free. Uh, you could check out those impressions podcasts. Speaking of football, which I talked about a little bit earlier as well, Man United drew 1-1 at home to Liverpool. Shock result, to be honest. Uh, but uh, played really, really well played actual decent football which was nice to see for the first time in like seven weeks um we're going to be playing like i said partisan tomorrow which is in a different competition that's going to be in the europa league that's going to be the third game in the europa league uh group stage and then we've got uh norwich away on sunday and then next week wednesday we've got uh chelsea in the carabao cup so look out for those as well uh we'll still be able to do the gaming talk podcast because it will actually finish right before uh, we usually go to record this, so don't worry about any podcast delays or anything like that. So that's that. Um, cool, so that's an update on the football stuff. <coughs> uh, Let's Play Sundays, episode 11's for the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta. Of course, th- there will be different episodes coming out uh, as I've scheduled some of them, so have a look out for those. Good Place is still continuing for season 4. Season 4, episode 4 was last week. Episode 5 will be this week, so look out for those. Uh, American Horror Story Season 9 is still continuing. There is 9 episodes and not 10 uh, in this season. There is 1 episode less. It's apparently the shortest season of American Horror Story. So uh, if you're watching that season, um, which is the uh, Season 9 uh, episodes, there's going to be a new episode uh, tomorrow for Thursday. So look out for those. Uh, ranking the DC and Marvel films, me, Natasha and David all had different lists. Uh, I read out their two lists on the podcast. It was just me on that podcast, but uh, I read out their list for the Marvel and DC films. Not the comic book films for this year, but the uh, Marvel and DC films, so you can check that out as well. And that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. All right, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, Well, first up, this came out like less than a day after we recorded our last gaming podcast, Mm -hmm. is the big delay with uh, Fallout 76, and I'm on the official uh, Bethesda blog here, and they talk about how um, they're not getting the the quality they want yet for their biggest update, uh, Wastelanders. And so in order for it to be more polished and to be the update they want it to be, they're delaying it to the release of quarter one. Um, and it says we continue to reevaluate and change our processes to make sure we're doing our hits. We're doing hits to our quality bar and yours. Uh, they apologize for the delay and the delay itself. I have no problem with um, I've said repeatedly on the podcast throughout the years that, you know, uh, bad game can be made into a good game but a bad launch will always be a bad launch and yep. holy crap was 76 a bad launch yep um, the, the problem is is all the stuff they announced after that 
Um, they announced a massive change to the Atom Shop, which we kind of talked about a little bit uh, back in April when they uh, added items, the repair kits, the scrap kit, and the uh, improved repair kits. And initially that was just something to spend your Atoms on because I would mentioned this a couple times. I, do, I had played the game from time to time. And the repair kits were, you know, they were just kind of convenient. Like, say you were halfway in the middle of something and then something broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to have to fast travel back to your base, repair everything, come back. So having the repair kits, yeah, it was kind of game-improving, but it wasn't really game-breaking. Uh, but they introduced the uh, collection station and the refrigerator, which the refrigerator kept all your fruits from spoiling slower. And all your fruits and you know, organic things that you made into food that you had to eat. Um, that was a bit of a game breaker. And then the collection station, which basically collected scrap. Um, you know, that was sort of game breaking, but not really just because it was scrap. Uh, but then the, the, and this is the part that throws me. Um, and this is from the direct, uh, directly from the Bethesda website. Quote, while we had many ideas on what to add to the atomic shop, one of the ways it was a direct result of the community's feedback. Uh, we heard from many of you who wanted items with some real utility. Um, these have been uh, since been the most popular category in the Atomic Shop. We were also working on all the previous announced items and new cosmetic categories. So from everything that they're saying and everything that they're reading, it looks like they're moving away from the Atomic Shop being just purely cosmetic, like paint skins, um, you know, base items that have no effect on gameplay, everything to, to more of a microtransactions. And when you combine that with the delay of Wastelanders into Q1, it's not great, but it's not like super terrible. Um, I mean, the game was already a bit of a dumpster fire and this, you know, it was just them throwing more fuel on a dumpster fire. But then like three hours ago, you know, before uh, we started recording, they just threw a, couple of grenades into the dumpster style and just said like fuck it let's go full more stupid um so like we mentioned before outer worlds is coming out in two days and for whatever reason today is the day that bethesda decided to announce fallout one now this is not a new game this is a paid yearly or monthly subscription service to fallout 76 so it's $13 US per month or $100 per year as a subscription service to a game you have already bought, which is less than, than either Games with Gold or Xbox Ultimate Gold. And for the $100 a year, you get a private server, which eventually you'll be able to mod and you can play in a world exclusively for you and up to seven friends which let's be honest this is something that i have said the game has been should have been from the get-go for a while now you get a survival tent which is a placeable fast travel point that is separate from your home base Uh, you'll get an exclusive ranger armor outfit which is not even armor just a skin for your outfit uh, you'll get unique icons and emotes. whoop de friggin do uh, You'll receive 1,650 atoms per month for use in the Atomic Shop, which, by the way, they value 
in American dollars, they value one atom as one penny. So you're paying $13 a month for this service, and they're giving you $16.50 of atoms per month, as long as you have the service. And the big thing, the thing that has pissed me off to no end from the day one of playing this game, is that you will receive unlimited storage in your scrap box, which I have no idea why they limited the storage to begin with, because... It's not a physical thing. It's not like you're, you know, you're buying a, an apartment or a hotel or whatever. This is a digital game. Even if you get the physical CD, it's still a digital game. Why the hell do you have a limitation on how much scrap you can throw in your virtual scrap box? And this is something that has been a pain in the ass since the game launched. But hey, if you pay $100 a year, you get unlimited. And you know what? I'm out. I'm done. The game has been deleted off my Xbox. The game launch tile has been deleted off my start, my quick start menu. I'm not going right, to demand the, the, a... You're talking uh, about the uh, pins thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm talking yeah. about the pins thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to demand a refund because I've definitely played enough hours of the game to warrant my paying $40 when I first got it. Mm-hmm. But that's it. I'm a huge Bethesda fanboy, and they finally broke me. I am done with this game. Cool. That, that's that's a good thing. Uh, it's good that you've uh, said that. It, it's just, I mean, where do you? I have so many things I could say about this in terms of. So you release a broken game. You then have the issues with the bags. Then you have the issues, which was what for, uh, four weeks ago, roughly, that the mold in the in the uh, the helmet thing, and yeah, then, and the power. Um... And then you. Like you said, two days before, you know, Outer Worlds, a big open world RPG shooter game from uh, Obsidian, is it? Comes out in in two days on the 25th. And then they say, okay, you know, there was the bags thing, and there was the helmets, and there was the broken game to begin with, which we were charging $60 for. Uh, You know, would you you like to pay another... Uh, $100 a, a year for more stuff. As far as, as far as I'm concerned, as someone who's not touched and never will touch Fallout 76, this is just more more stuff to add to the game as far as I'm concerned. You know, you said about the uh, scrap box thing, which means really nothing to me, but uh, more of that and the, the, the armored skin, not even armor itself. Um, and and the, th- the thing is that i i did today was you know it's a couple of, i think this was about the at the time i was posting the um uh watchman podcast and then you know i'm having a look on to because uh, i kind of thought okay what, what are we talking about today on the uh, gaming talk because i wasn't quite sure because i hadn't quite you know i usually prepare my notes on wednesday anyway so i went to go and do that anyway uh and i knew about some other stuff that we're gonna gonna be talking about today and i thought okay i'll, I'll look around and see if there's been anything else announced because that has happened quite a lot actually the news has been announced on wednesday like a few hours before we go to do the podcast and then i see this thing and then what i did i, t- I took a screenshot of it and then i thought you know what i'm not gonna click on this thing to see what's been what is in this subscription service because there isn't anything that could justify asking for thirteen dollars or a hundred dollars, uh, you know, monthly or yearly. There's nothing that Bethesda could offer at that point, at least in my eyes. Again, I haven't played the game. I don't know fully what's in it and all that sort of stuff. I don't really, honestly, uh, care what is in the game. Um, but in order for them to justify it after having launched a broken sixty-dollar video game in you know today's 
market where again you know Outer Worlds is coming out in two days and Call of Duty is going to come out and uh, in what a few weeks they're, they're stranding us out and some other big games there the Star Wars is it Fallen Order the uh, Star Wars get, uh, that's out in like uh, just under a month or something like that I think it's November 15th it's close yeah that's coming out and then this is the time that you choose I mean there wouldn't have ever been a good time really to announce hey we got this subscription service where you can, you can give us more money for a game we launched which is completely broken at the start and then just this weird fact of they kind of quietly announced this uh, the, the, the Wastelanders update thing which they talked about at E3 which everyone was like oh cool they're finally adding NPCs to the game and that's delayed till next year so instead of you getting the free thing first which has been delayed I assume because it's not ready you then tell your gamers or the people that are playing your game that like, hey, you know, we we delayed this free thing which you can't get right now. How about this paid thing instead? Even though you've already given us e- either forty or thirty or sixty or whatever price the game is now, because it did have a uh, press cut, didn't it? A few weeks after it launched, like really close to its launch. There's just there's just no justifying it at all, and. I do wonder if you'll find, I mean, you probably will find at least one person on the internet who says, like, hey, I'm just going to try this out, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to spend the $13 and just try it out kind of thing, um, but I, I am glad that you've said that, you know, you, you've, you've cleansed yourself, I suppose, of, uh, Fallout 76, which is, which is very, very good, because, like, you know, you're going to be playing out Outer Worlds in two days, uh, and I'm sure you'll enjoy that very much. Um, but yeah, that, that's just, as a non-Fallout 76 player, someone who's seen, like an hour maybe of gameplay roughly someone who's never touched the game probably never will but i mean i couldn't i couldn't possibly think of a reason at this point as to why i'd i'd even add the game to my rental list uh let alone buy it or whatever so as a person who's in that situation with the game that's my perspective i i i'm just i i don't know to whether to be surprised or not that bethesda is doing this just because of their very recent track record with like uh, you know, Doom is delayed, and the director on that game we talked about a few weeks ago, she's left, and she's looking for new work, and then Wolfenstein comes out and is all weird, and has a hub world, and microtransactions, and all this other rubbish stuff, and then, uh, what was the other thing that happened? Uh, obviously, all, all the previous stuff that's happened with Fallout 76, the bags, the helmets, all that rubbish. Um, yeah, it's... I, I, I don't know how... I mean, you've said, like you said, you you're even hardcore... Uh, Bethesda kind of player and all that like Skyrim and Fallout and all that sort of stuff so I, I was gonna say I wonder how those sort of fans will feel but I have one here with me on the podcast and you've just told me so I I don't know I don't know what else to make of the situation it's bizarre it's weird um and some people even said today look they're they're joining the list of the Konami's and the EA's of the world and I fully agree with that I think e- I think each of those three companies are bad for different reasons but they're still bad because of those reasons. Uh, basically, you've got Konami who doesn't care, even though they got three of some of the biggest IP in in gaming. You've got EA who just uh, does actually make a lot of games, but just wants a lot of money for those games. And then you've got Bethesda who's just making mistake after mistake after mistake, and now wants you to spend a hundred dollars on a subscription service. So that's that's the way I see things. So yeah. Um, it, it was weird, because when I first read the first part of the headline, it said, Introducing Fallout first, I was like, oh, it's a new Fallout game. And then immediately read the next part of the sentence, and it was like, it's like a uh, paid subscription service. So, I, I don't know. That's uh, that's my take on things. Uh, anything else you want to say about this? Uh, no, I mean, if it was... they In the uh, <laughs> previous thing, when they announced the delay for Wastelanders, they did mention the private servers. 
that is going to be paid. And if it was just the private servers, I wouldn't care too much because that doesn't really affect me. I mean, would I like just kind of a standalone game? Yeah, absolutely. But that's not something that I'm going to pay for. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when it comes to uh, you know paying for all that other stuff, that's just friggin' ridiculous. So yeah. it's it's just just the fact alone of regardless what's in the game or coming to the game or whatever, just the fact that the state of this game and they're now putting this information out there of a subscription service, which is, to be honest is quite an expensive subscription service. Um, you know, some people said that it's like a similar price to Netflix monthly. I think I don't know how much. Yeah, Netflix more than is. Netflix, more than Hulu, more than pretty much any. Str- it's with the exception of like HBO Now mm-hmm. or some like the premium channel subscription service. It's more expensive than any of that, mm-hmm. and all you get basically is just like more bits than what you would get if you bought a straight up card. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if they do that in the UK, but in the US, the bits like if it's not going through the actual Xbox or through a store like that, you can go to like grocery stores or department stores or whatever and buy like game cards for yeah. like Microsoft yeah. money or PlayStation money or whatever. And then you could buy those bits as a separate card, yeah. which is where the price comes into because 2,400 atoms is a 20 is 2000 plus 400 bonus. And that's a $20 card. Hmm. So that's the value of each single bit being a, a U.S. penny. Yeah. It was interesting as well given that this is a, a subscription service, you've got, uh, I mean, they're going to be competing with each other, the two that I'm about to mention, but Disney Plus next month, Apple TV Plus next month, which, you know, Apple's already got uh, a difficult time there, obviously launching alongside Disney, given the fact that, uh, I mean, I know it's different, you've got video game subscriptions and then a TV streaming service, but you know what I mean, just in terms of, like, another thing monthly for someone to pay for you've got also those things to compete with let alone the fact that you've got amazon hulu netflix and god knows whatever else uh out there so just on a subscription competition based sort of thing because i mean obviously people also use subscriptions for like ps plus game plus game pass ultimate all that sort of stuff so yeah it's it's just bizarre that the timing and i I mean i i don't know if at this current stage if Bethesda said to me, "Hey, Matt, we've got this hundred dollar thing. When when should we announce this?" I wouldn't know what time, what point in a year, or when to tell them to release that. But certainly now is not a good time for them to do that. So, uh, I mean, the only other justifiable time is let's say now this is hypothetical situation. Let's say that this uh, the free Wastelanders, I think it's called Wastelanders uh, update comes mm-hmm. out. Let's say that's a success and people start to get back into the game. Maybe like maybe at that point then maybe you say something but it's just the fact that you you've delayed the free thing and then said hey here's here's this subscription thing so yeah uh and, and isn't it interesting as well like i think it was two weeks ago maybe you brought up some sort of community event with fallout 76 and i said oh it'd be interesting to see you know in in, in a year what this game's like well we've got the start of that so <laughs> um yeah there you have it uh all right let's move on from that what else do you want to talk about today uh, well, Gear Five, Gears Five is dropping the uh, Banhammer with all the force of Mjolnir. <laughs> uh, and this is from a GameSpot article. In an effort to improve the overall play experience, Gear Five developers, the Coalition, has rolled out a new penalty system for people who quit the multiplayer matches early. Uh, Gears of War community boss Dana Sissons announced the penalty system went live October 9th, which is actually quite a while ago. 
It didn't take long for the new system to take action as one player has been banned for two years for repeatedly quitting the games. Um, you have been warned, said Sessions, regarding the new quitting policies, which only applies to ranked matches. Uh, we all agree that quitters ruin the game for everyone, so this is just the first step down that path. Um, now, outside of Gears 5, um, I was played uh, uh, Overwatch off and on every now and then, mm-hmm. but every time I was getting into a solo ranked match, it would just drive me nuts because like, I didn't even finish the qualifications for the current season because after five matches, four of the five matches I played, somebody on my team quit within the first 30 seconds. I hate when that happens. So the it's like match yeah, so within five seconds, and then there's nothing you can do. So yeah, and then yeah. you can't quit because then it's uh, you know already right. logged in, you. and then so. yeah, and they'll penalize you, and then you lose the match anyway. So according to uh, one Gears Five player, he was banned for 640 days. Wow. Um, but that uh, the full story of that is that person quit 18 of the 21 escalation matches they played in in a 24 hour period. That's a lot. So that is quite a lot. <laughs> Why is he um, even bother <laughs> bothering to? Yeah, I mean, like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really wish they would do something like that in uh, um, Overwatch. I might go back to it. I haven't played Overwatch in a long time just because. I I think I still have like three or four qualification matches left, but what's the point if you're just gonna get in a match and somebody's gonna quit and then you're gonna lose anyway? There's there's literally no point to it. So yeah, uh, I mean on a, on a story perspective, Gears Five is still my game of the year so far. Obviously, we'll see what happens with uh, things like Death Stranding, the rest of Concrete Genie. Not we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I haven't touched the multiplayer side of things, and I mean I've already uh taken my game pass stuff off because i'm not using it and uh that's pretty much that but yeah i mean if you're gonna quit a bunch of matches why even jump into the matches to begin with um like if you if you're too busy or you, you think you might not be able to play the matches and you can't pause obviously live games then maybe just don't jump in them in the first place so yeah but uh yeah you will get banned sometimes I, I remember when i was playing a mixture of Overwatch and Halo 5. I did play some online online matches for Halo 5. And I, I'd get banned every now and then because I quit like 1 in 6 matches or something. 1 in 10 matches maybe. No, not 1 in 10. I, around about 1 in 6. I can't remember the uh, exact maths on that. But it wasn't like 4 out of 6 games. Um, and then it would say like, okay, you're banned for like 2 hours or something. So, But then after kind of learning that and thinking like... You, you just have to kind of plan your game time better, I suppose. Like, okay, have you actually got the time to be able to actually play this match, or will you have to quit it for some reason? So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, mathematically, 18 out of 21 matches is 85.7%. Mm-hmm. So that's how often he was... I'm assuming it's he, but that's how often the player was quitting a match after it had started was over 85%. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. What the hell are you even playing for? Yeah, obviously you haven't got the time or you, whatever the situation. So, uh, but yeah, still my game of the year so far, um, and we'll see if anything uh, can beat it at the between now and the rest of the year. Which is not there's not much left of the year now, to be honest. But uh, there's still some good games to come out. So, uh, I've, Kojima's still got to show me what he's what he's got planned, and that will be one quite quite a ride. So, I mean, it's already mm-hmm. been quite a ride already from all the all the trailers. So, we'll see. Uh, cool, what else do you want to talk about today? 
Well, for the fans of uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, they're probably Definitely. loading up the game while we're they're listening to this because the game goes live officially uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. We're recording on the 23rd. It goes live on the 24th. Uh, but if you're on the PS4, you can get a free dynamic theme from the uh, the PS4 store. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theme is called Going Dark, which is appropriate because that's the last line in all the commercials I've been seeing for the game. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very dark looking. I'm looking at a picture of the theme now. It's like a, a black background with dark gray icons and then mm-hmm. it turns slightly white when you're hovering over it. And it features... Uh, a background music, a background music that is uh, uh, quiet and suspenseful, as described, and uh, features signature dark blue radar-like waves for any kind of audio file. I mean, if you're a big fan, obviously you can download it, and if you're not a fan, hey, it's free, so you know, yep. you're not spending any money to get it. Yeah, I downloaded it yesterday. Uh, speaking of yesterday, I need to talk about WAP. <coughs> Excuse me, I need to talk about WAP with my uh, PlayStation controller, which uh, did actually get fixed. But I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that after we've talked about this theme thing. Uh, went and downloaded it. It's just quite basic. Uh, and like you said, it is free. It didn't, you know, it costed me 30 seconds of time, if anything, uh, which is fine. But, uh, I mean, it's downloaded on there. If I want to use it, I can obviously just switch to it. At the moment, I've got the Stranger Things theme, which I think is the best one on the PS4. Uh, just the, the theme tune, kind of how it keeps going and stuff and the firework effects and you've got the characters there it's just it's, it's very very good so what have you got at the moment your, uh, uh a couple months ago on the podcast we talked about a cyberpunk 2077 theme oh, that yeah. was free and so yeah. i snagged that and that's what i've been rocking cool um doesn't really do anything i mean it just the 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 noise when you switch between the sections is just like a really techno beep instead of like the normal sound mm-hmm um, and visually, it does look a little bit more like in the cyberpunk world, but outside of that, it doesn't really have any effect. So yeah, but yeah, I've still got the uh, Stranger Things one, so uh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, just a, a bit of a basic theme with the Modern Warfare thing, but that's fine. So uh, yeah, in terms for me, um, I might actually be going to see Terminator on Thursday. So my plan is. I probably won't have the game in the morning. It depends when the post comes. Because uh, obviously I'm getting it through Boomerang. And we'll see. Hopefully I'll get an email tomorrow saying that it's been sent. Um, but hopefully once I get sent that. Probably when I come back and review Terminator and The Good Place. I'll probably install it while I'm doing that. But apparently it's like 130 something gig. So hopefully it's available by like the evening or whatever or the night whatever uh however you want to say that like eight eight or nine o'clock or whatever and then i can play the first couple of hours i suppose um but yeah still looking forward to it it's still going to be interesting and i've enjoyed the beta enough so i don't see why i wouldn't enjoy the full game and Mm -hmm. i be because when they switched from the 2v2 alpha to the actual beta they didn't really have they didn't always have the um 2v2 thing like when you're when you start with guns so i it'd be cool to switch between like headquarters and that and some other stuff just to like you know change things up when i uh get uh i guess burned out on one of the modes so um yeah and i assume they'll have the classic modes as well like deathmatch and obviously search and destroy and stuff searching i tell you what you remember i took when i talked about the um competitive high school days of call of duty search and destroy was a big one that was like if you <laughs> If you were the last man alive on your team and your your friends were still chatting to you, that was uh, that was a nervous experience because it's like if you mess, uh, even though everybody else has died before you, 
if you're the <laughs> if you're the last man to die, it's like it's all it's all your fault kind of thing. Um, so it was almost better to die before and not be the last one because it's sort of like you don't know where the other person is. They plant the bomb. Where they gone? Can you go and disarm it? Probably not because they're gonna wait for you to do that and then shoot you. That was a uh, yeah tense competitive time. So we'll see how uh, things shake out in the new modern, modern warfare. So. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. See what uh, happens with that. Um, but yeah, hoping to get started on Friday and obviously play some on Saturday. Get ranked up. Get, unlock some stuff for some guns, obviously, because I'll have to start again. Because the beta stuff, I assume, won't carry over because it doesn't usually do that. Uh, and then go from there. So, uh, And then you'll be playing Outer Worlds. So that should be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many hours do you think you'll play between, let's say, Friday and the next podcast on Wednesday? Uh, it's hard telling just because mm-hmm. work has me so drained that uh, mm-hmm. I don't get a whole lot of time uh, to do that. So at least 20, I would hope, but I can't guarantee that. So. All right. Got any sports to watch on the weekend? <laughs> Actually, the uh, American Baseball World Series is going on. Game two is tonight. Oh. Okay. Cool. Because obviously I've got the Norwich main night game to watch on Sunday. So Plus, I like to watch... Um, the fan camps and stuff after that to see the uh, the angry fans talk about the match. But anyway, um, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, a little bit of a bummer. We mentioned uh, like a month or so ago that there was a new skating game coming out, not Skate 4, which is unfortunate, no, e- but I don't EA think EA's that, ever... So. <laughs> yeah, but there was a game uh, from a studio called Creature Studios mm-hmm. called Sessions. Yeah. Um, and it, the, uh, the port to console unfortunately has been delayed. Uh, now, this isn't a huge thing because it was originally going to um, launch on the Xbox One's early access style game preview uh, this month in October, uh, but that has been delayed till late November or early December. They haven't given a specific date on it. Okay. Uh, the reason why it's not a big deal is because the game is super, super tiny, made by a super tiny uh, studio. Uh, in the article that I'm reading, the game was funded on Kickstarter for a Canadian amount of $163,716, which is actually twice what their funding target was. Um, right now, the uh, U.S. Canadian dollar is about $0.77, cents, so that was about $120,000, so roughly 90,000 pounds. So, and if that was double their target then clearly it's not a huge studio. Mm-hmm. So it's not like EA or Bethesda or somebody like that announcing a delay. They just clearly don't have the staff, and right. they want to get it right. And I was looking forward to the game. Um, I'm a, I was a huge Skate 3 fan. Um, I know I had the disc, but I don't remember if I ever bought the digital version once the 360 game started going to uh, backwards compatibility on the Is one. That- is is any of the skate games backwards compatible? I just thought of that. I I know three is because I've okay. seen it on sale on the Xbox One store. I actually don't own a 360 anymore. Uh, like a couple of months after I got my Xbox One, I actually gave my 360 to my cousin who was still playing those games. Hmm. Um, and now with the backwards compatibility, anything that I own digitally, I can just you know either buy or if it was something I already own, I can just re-download. Mm-hmm. Or if it comes as part of the Game Pass, then I can just play it then. Speaking of which... Uh, if you never played uh, Fallout New Vegas, because uh, Microsoft owns Obsidian, and Obsidian made Fallout New Vegas, Fallout New Vegas is part of the Xbox Game Pass. Oh, cool. So, nice. 
Uh, but like I said, given the dollar amounts, this is clearly a small studio. Mm-hmm. So when a small studio has a delay, it's not a huge deal just because, you know, they can't. It's not like EA can throw, you know, 20 more programmers at it or, you know, 10 yeah. more character artists at it or whatever. It's just like, it's probably just like five people in the studio. Right. Actually, let me look that up real quick. I wonder if um, where the skate development development team is at the moment. And if mm-hmm. any if any of those guys would like to work on session, uh, it's hard telling. I mean, mm-hmm. EA is such a huge company um, that it's you know they might be transferred to other things. Yeah, uh, they might be somewhere else. Yeah, clearly, it's just a small studio, so you know there are probably not that many people going with it. So, yep. But uh, when when it's ready, it's ready. And uh, which is oddly what EA said once about Mirror's Edge Catalyst uh, when they did the teaser, because uh, we'd already waited like I don't know four, five, maybe six years at that point, and they'd said uh, it's ready when it's ready. But um, that's just the case with video games. Uh, but well, sometimes they don't come out when they're ready. So <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if they need to delay things to make things better, then they'll be appreciated later on, I suppose. Um, and yeah, there's going to be the skate fans out there that have their eye on this, hopefully. So yeah, it's good stuff. Um, Alright, what else do you want to talk about today? Oh, uh, well, last thing I had to talk about, uh, THQ Nordic has apparently taken mm. a break from buying every single IP that's free or less than, you know, 20 grand under the sun by announcing the formation of THQ Nordic Japan. Uh, this newly formed entity will handle distribution, public relations, and marketing of THQ Nordic and Handy Games titles for the Japanese market. Uh, the Japanese entry, led by managing director Yuki Kato, is uh, KHQ Nordic's second international distribution, apart from the 2012 established U.S.-based uh, distribution outlet. Um, so they've listed in the press release a managing director, managing director, a manager, and a project manager. Uh, no word as to you know what'll come out of this. Um, if there's any games coming out of the studio itself, or if this just is going to be a distribution for one of the 19,000 IPs they own. Uh, but still, it's just it's THQ Nordic. So I'm still trying to figure out what the hell they're doing as a company, but that's just me. So. Yep. Uh, just remember last time we mentioned uh, 55 games in development, and we'll see if... Um... If uh, maybe some of those get shifted to those studios, or they, or maybe they'll have seventy-five games in development at this point. Um, I mean, you know, they, they want to make games, which is good because Konami doesn't. We'll talk about Konami in a bit. Um, but I mean, if they want to make games, they turn out good. Then it doesn't really. Uh, I mean, then people will appreciate them. So, um, bit yeah, interesting that they've gone over to is it Japan? You said. Make, yep, in yeah, Japan. Cool to make some Japan studios. Maybe you'll see some more uh, JRPGs and stuff like that. Obviously, they're quite uh, prominent these days and quite uh, regular and things like that. Uh, so we'll see if THQ does anything over there. I wonder if they'll buy any Japanese studios. Although I couldn't think of one that might be available. Uh, but well, they, technically, they, they don't buy studios. They just buy intellectual yeah, property. Yeah, so. that's what I meant. Uh, any sort of JRPG properties. So. Yeah, we'll see what they do with this. Obviously, we'll probably won't find out for a bit because development takes a long time. Um, but yeah, they're gonna keep on doing their games. And I mean, they had the the remake of um, 
Is it Destroy All Humans I'm thinking of? The one that they revealed. Yeah, Destroy All Humans. Yeah, which a lot of people liked. A lot of people liked the trailer. So hopefully that game turns out good. They're doing, I think, something with Time Splitters, maybe. So if that turns out good, then, you know, as long as they make good games, then people will like them. So, uh, which is what you should do. Make good games, release them, and then people will like you. So uh, we'll see what they come up with. But, um, yeah, any thoughts on this? Uh, no, I mean, it's just odd. I mean, like I said, they were taking a break from buying IPs, but uh, mm. this is just more of an announcement of, hey, we're here, so let's see where they go from there. Yep. So, cool. You said that was the uh, last thing you had? To, uh... Yep, that's the last thing I had. Cool. Uh, so I had some of the Fallout 76 stuff, but obviously we talked about that at length. Um, so we'll move on to uh, the other, my piece of news, which is a couple of weeks old, but... You know, it's not like it's it's going to affect too many people anytime soon. Uh, Konami is making... Now, don't get your hopes up before I read out this sentence, because it's not what you think. Konami, and, and I started off with Konami is making, so yeah, don't get your hopes up about anything. Uh, Konami is making a new Silent Hill game, and it is a pachinko machine. So, uh, they still don't like making proper video games. Um, I, I looked at Jim Sterling's video this a couple of weeks ago because he's the one that kind of brought it more to my attention because they probably announced it quite quietly because that's not a thing that you shout from the rooftops is, hey, we got Silent Hill. Everybody goes, oh my god. And then you go, it's a gambling pachinko machine. It's, uh, you know, especially after all the debacle with PT. You don't really want to announce that you're making this pachinko machine. Um, J- Jim Sterling in his video did mention they recently made a, I think it was Contra, a Contra game or something, but he said that that was terrible and he basically talked about their incompetence to make good video games, which has been their problem since since probably, I mean, PT was still a game, it was still a playable video game, but in terms of full video games, the last good one was what, Metal Gear Solid 5? Which was... I wouldn't in... even go model MSG 5, maybe 4, but... Hmm. Um... Which was when was MGS5? 2015, I think. Are you talking five or uh, Phantom Pain? Because those are technically two separate games. So yeah, the the Phantom Pain, the the full release that they. Yeah, I'm not out. sure I would call that a good game because there was a lot of back and forth on that on whether or not that was even a hmm. thing or not because of Konami of uh, Kojima's exit. So yeah, I mean, yeah, there was the parts of that where uh, he didn't get round to being able to finish making it but it was a you know released retail game and stuff um but i i think that was 2015 i think that was the same year as like fallout 4 i want to say and like the witcher 3 and batman arkham knight i think that was that year where we had like a crazy uh video game year and everyone kind of struggled to pick their game of the year uh so yeah Yeah, i mean it's not like we got a crazy next couple of weeks with video games or anything (laughs) yeah um but uh yeah in terms of the last time they made a meaningful video game that was yeah, actually released and stuff because PT was just basically a demo, and it doesn't exist anymore anyway. Um, it's been a good few years, and Konami's just—I mean, they got the Castlevania Netflix series, but that's a TV series. Um, so yeah, Konami continues to make gambling machines out of their properties, and that's just what they continue to do. So. And to be fair, I mean, it's not like they're doing it and just you know losing millions upon millions of dollars. Those things in Japan make bank. You get right, crazy yeah. amounts of revenue from those pachinko machines. Yeah. Um, get on YouTube or Netflix or something and just put in pachinko and look at some of the documentaries or some of the behind the scenes on that. It is shocking how much revenue those things ge- uh, you know generate. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're doing it just because they lost a bet or something. I mean, they 
They're doing it to make money, which is the point of any business is to make money. Yep. I mean, it, it sucks that we don't get what we want, but you know, they're making a profit and they're staying afloat and they're employing people and that's what they want. So, yep. Um, I do wonder, let's say Konami got, uh, is it liquidated? The phrase that I'm thinking of? Yeah. Let's say Konami got liquidated one day, which, you know, could happen. I, I don't know when that would happen, but I wonder who would be able to pick up, you know, Silent Hill, Castlevania, Metal Gear, all those IP that they've got. Um, I wonder where, they, I mean, it would be a bidding war, wouldn't it? I suppose. It would depend. It, it's one of those things that it would really kind of depend on the restructuring. Because mm-hmm. we talk about THQ Nordic, but there was a time when you know all the IPs they owned were on a fire sale. Yeah. And everybody was buying everything. That's how uh, Ubisoft ended up with uh, the South Park IP, is that the THQ mm-hmm. went under, and then it became a different company, and then that different company became THQ Nordic, which is why the Nordic is has to be said it's it's a technically a different company right um but past that you know you never really know i mean the future is whatever the future is so mm-hmm. yeah i mean there you know everybody would pretty much be after those uh ip so um what would be even in, more interesting is let's say with metal gear specifically obviously kojima if you know hyper hypothetical situation konami gets liquidated and um, Sony purchases uh, Kojima Productions, and then because as far as I know, he's just work. He's because obviously Kojima runs Kojima Productions. As far as I know, with Death Stranding, it's just the case of they are working with Sony. I don't think that they actually own Kojima Productions because I think he actually owns them in terms of Death Stranding. Um, so let's say like uh Sony then acquired you know they you know Death Stranding is a success or whatever and they purchase um Kojima Productions and then maybe they find a way to pull the Metal Gear IP in with that like they buy that as well or something obviously that would co- uh cause Sony to you know spend a fair bit of money to acquire both those things but then you could then have you know he's, he would have a good working relationship with Sony he'd have his Kojima productions in there obviously you got the PS4 in there obviously PS5 soon and then you could put in Metal Gear there as well and then he could just work he could work on that and Death Stranding if he wanted to so heck he might even do a game where they cross over who knows what we, what he would want to do but uh, that'd be pretty cool so um, yeah more pachinko machines if you play them then you play them that's fine so uh, there you go uh, let's move on to the, we've obviously been, been doing these video game questions for a couple of weeks. Uh, we have one more question, which is the 50th and final question. Uh, it's a fairly big one. So, um, would you give up video games, video games for life and receive $500,000 in cash? Or would you refuse the money? So obviously if you wanted this $500,000, um, you'd then have to not play video games, but then you'd have $500,000. Um, what do you what do you think, Robert? Uh, on principle, I hate these questions just okay, because yeah. one, the scenarios are so uh, not idiotic, but just so completely uh, unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, nobody ever ponies up the money. I mean, I see these. I have people that post these like on my Facebook line every now. You know, would you give up this watching this sport for this amount of money, or would you give up all technology? technology and live in this location for a year and i'm like you know nobody's showing the money um but in that hypothetical hypothetical situation absolutely no 
just because there's no incentive to give up video games for just five hundred thousand dollars because you know you know what's your enjoyment worth what's your entertainment value worth it for me you know playing video games i'm not going to spend five hundred thousand maybe over the course of my lifetime you know i might spend 500k on video games but if i get enjoyment out of that why is that a bad thing Mm -hmm. yeah so you know video games and technology are just the latest boogeyman with you know the reasons for the downfall of society or why everybody's distracted or whatnot but the truth of the matter is is that's you know a long-standing problem that has nothing to do with video games or technology it's just the latest you know scapegoat i guess would be the best word right so you'd keep uh video games basically oh absolutely cool yeah i'm on the same page easily um i mean sure it's a little money to turn down but uh, I mean, it's not if it was like give up video games for a month or a year or something, then you could do that, you know. Uh, if you if you got the money and then it was just a year, not the rest of your life. Obviously, I'm only 25. I don't want to not play video games for the rest of my life. Um, so cause, you know, if it, if it was a month or a year or something, that's much uh, more, I suppose, acceptable because then you could get the money and then eventually just go back to doing the thing that you really like. Um, but if it's for life, I'm only 25. Uh, and I don't want to do that. So I mean, even if you you know retired and in a home, you might still play video games. You don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'd still much rather have video games in my life. Um, and sure, there's lots of things you could do with five hundred thousand. But um, yeah, like you said, video games. Video games is one of the things I enjoy most in my life, and I don't want to give that up for too many things. So there you go. Yeah, plus when you think about it, let's say you have an average job that pays you 50000 a year. Mm-hmm. Well, 500000 that's 10 years. You said, you know, you know, how old will you be in 10 years, and will that cover you for the rest of your life? Odds right. are, no. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's all the stuff that we got. Uh, we, we obviously have some feedback, but what we're going to do, we're about to record a, a Q&A podcast, which we've already done two of, by the way, so if you want to check out those two, uh, just search for Q&A on the website. Uh, you'll find those two because that's what I put them under for tags. Uh, I should probably make an actual category for those so you can go and look at look at those. But if you just search for Q&A on the website, uh, you can go and find those as well. Uh, and I've moved basically those, those questions into there. So to make it all one uh, one sort of question field fold, uh thing. So uh, yeah, check that out. Obviously when we... I'll po- probably post them within a certain amount of time of each other so go and look out for those um but yeah like we said we'll come back next week hopefully i will have call of duty modern warfare and hopefully you i mean you've got um outer worlds uh preloaded so there isn't a way that you could not really end up playing it i forgot to talk about my ps4 controller thing let me quickly cover that um so yesterday i was playing uh fifa 20 matches i played this this game against newcastle uh drew nil nil but uh, that doesn't really matter um and then uh, what was it? I went to the, save the game, went to the PlayStation homepage to. I think I was going to go and watch uh, Raising the Dawn on Netflix or something like that. And then it said, uh, I think as I was ex- exiting the game and saving it, it said DualShock 4 uh, battery low. And then I, when I came out of the game and went to the um, PlayStation home screen, whatever it's called, um, it said DualShock 4 disconnected. I thought, oh well, it it it's just died. I'll plug it in. And whatnot, and then you know the the yeah, the light stuff will come up. It will start charging. I plug that in, get no response, and then obviously do all the the normal stuff of trying different leads, trying them in different USB slots, all that sort of thing. Because um, I do actually have two of those different leads, so I I tried both of those. Tried to turn the controller on. Basically got no response out of anything. Uh, I then went and ordered a new controller, 
and then this morning I uh, you know saw the PS4 controller on the side and thought you know I'll just press the PS button see if anything happens the worst case scenario it just does what it did yesterday and not turn on I press the PlayStation light the blue light comes up the PS4 turns on and ever since then I've obviously played Concrete Genie so hopefully everything is back to normal and uh, that should be that um, yeah weird situation what do you kind of think of that yeah, I mean, my, uh, controllers are like anything else. They're mechanical mm. devices, so they will fail eventually. So Yeah, but thankfully it's not properly broken, so I can still use it. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's the story of what happened with that. So, um, Alright, that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Like I said, check out the Q&A podcast and, of course, all the other stuff that we've got on the website at the moment. Lots of stuff that we're covering, quite a bit of things, actually, at the moment. So go and check it all out. Uh, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all of that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on uh, Patreon. Check out the $3 level tier. Uh, you can use our Amazon affiliate link. You, you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut and it won't cost you extra. So if you want to buy any uh, upcoming video games or anything like that, use it for that, of course, as well. Uh, it's on the website. Uh, if you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, of course, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Uh, the Watchmen podcast feed, as I've been tweeting out, is now available and live on uh, iTunes and on Spotify. If you want to find it on an easier way, uh, we have a, the podcast drop-down menu on the website and then the iTunes feeds page. Uh, that's, of course, where all of our iTunes feeds are listed as well, including Android and stuff like that. So check that out as well. Uh, but yeah, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes. That helps us out. Word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, uh, for TV, video games, films, sports as well, I suppose, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, you can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, and if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Um, what else is there? Video games, of course, if you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer, and look out for Let's Play Sundays as well, on Sundays. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you for the Q&A podcast in a bit. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.